0: EOS it stands for the entrepreneur operating system. It was developed by Geno Wickman, and the purpose is is to get into smaller businesses and really manage out, get the entrepreneur out of the organization.
1: Episode 48 with Bill Reeder. He's the president of Campus Cooks. Have you ever anticipated a conversation and then it goes completely in a different direction, but in a good way? That's exactly what happens in this episode. In this episode, you're going to learn all about the entrepreneurial operating system, how to stretch your team from being tactical to strategic, how to turn small failures into Big success, big progress. The story behind Campus Cooks, trends in food, and how to mentor. You don't want to miss it. This is a power-packed 30-minute episode. Stay tuned. How to take your staff from tacticals to, to strategic. Another way of looking at this might be how far in the future can you work? And this is a topic that my guest today, Bill, is going to share with us in detail. Bill, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you for having me, Tony. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, well, we had some conversations ahead of time, and this really seemed to be a a passion of yours. uh, As you're leading your company into uh, the future, you've realized this need uh, on your executive staff that – you know, people do have to develop this long-range vision, and I, we kind of want to get your thoughts on how one goes about doing that with their, you know, with their staff.
0: Yes. I mean, it really starts uh, from the organization and the mindset. And from us and from Campus Cooks, uh, we're really a learning and growth mindset. Uh, so for our organization, we really put a lot of emphasis in the training and growing of the individual's.
1: I think you bring up a great point about the culture of the organization, and I do think it starts with the CEO. It does start with a leader. Do you think that this is a a skill that you're born with, or do you feel like this is something that has to be taught and trained sure it's
0: It's interesting. The same thing that people discuss. Are you born a leader, or is it, uh, is this something you develop? You know I think everything's a bit of nature and nurture. And that would be the same way of developing strategic uh, thinkers and helping your team members to become more strategic. And for us, you know, that's involved in really three things. And we want to make sure as we look at it uh, that when we interview, we want to make sure that team members or prospective candidates get it. And then we move through, do they have the capacity to do it? And then do they generally want it? So, do they get it? Can they do it, and do they want it and that starts, of course, with their abilities and uh, that'd be really in the interview process
1: Is there something unique that you search for? Do you have a like a behavioral interview style that you try to uncover that uh, that skill set or that desire
0: within the interview uh we we do different uh first you know we assessments, you know, and that assessment really measures how well the individual fits a specific job. You know, it also looks into their thinking style, their behavior, and their interests, and that gives us an idea how best to support them, Uh, as well as giving us a, a window into how they, you know, what work they really like to do. And how they handle, you know, stressful situations. Uh, but the main thing as well, besides an assessment, we really interview around our culture. You know, these questions and our values, for us, it deals with our alpha. And one of them is always growing personally and professionally, living a healthy work-life balance, passionate about food and service, honesty and respect, and above all else, enhancing the Greek experience. But when you go to the A- always growing professionally and personally, we're really going to inter- interview around those values. You know, how do people grow? What training have they done? What projects have they taken on uh, in their prior jobs, you know, that have helped them get to where they are today? So for us, we want to make sure they understand the nuts and bolts of the job, but then we want, as they know their role, we want to give them every opportunity to grow within that. And that's really the first step of, you know, interviewing, making sure that, you know they're a good fit for the culture, and then we can train them up. You know we're not necessarily worried about where they have all the skills. We want them to come in to fit our values, and then when they get in, we can really see how you know far far and high they
1: can go. Interesting that that's one of the first pillars of your culture is is the A and Alpha always growing professionally.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, you know it's it's a big thing that I do. I mean, obviously, you know, being part of podcasts, having coaches. Uh, Being part of peer groups, you know, if you take all these assessment behavioral, uh, you know, I'm a learner, uh, you know, it comes up. uh, So for us, you know, we want to, you know, that's what we really stress. And and then when they get in, you know, within the organization, we start seeing can they do it. And then that growth really appears itself, as you asked before, about the time span. You know, are they able to complete these projects without direct support? And that was through a speaker that I heard uh, through my Vistage group, was really seeing how the value of their job is really measured by the length of time they can work out. You know, so they get an assignment, is it a one-day, three-day, five-day? Eventually, of course, your leadership members, you want to stretch them where they can start looking one, two, three years out. So that's when you ask about time span, is how far they can work without direct support. And the longer they can work, you know, obviously, they're going to be a more
1: value. That's a new concept for me, this idea of working one, two, three years out without direct support. So this is, you're talking about self-governance.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to, you're trying to build an organization, you know, everyone talks about accountability. And when you're accountable for your projects, you know, yeah, you can delegate it, uh, but you have to own them. And the longer term, these projects are going to be, more impactful to the organization, you know, they become more strategic and less tactical. And thus, when we look at uh, project base and holding people accountable with the organization, that is, you know, we want to do something that's longer than two weeks. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be as long as a quarter, but it gets people thinking about how far they can work out. You know, it could be simple as working on a on a back-end feature, special events, and how we, you know, we provide food service to fraternities and sororities. So how can we do special events, you know, that can fit different students' budgets, you know, different recruitment budgets? You know, how can we do a better job of the staffing and the food and the ordering and give them more of a, a repertoire and selection to 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 select from? You know, that's something that can be handled within a quarter. When you look at overhauling you know, an app or a website, you know, that's probably, you know, six to nine months, you know, and those are the different things that we look at in those time spans.
1: You strategically are giving these projects to people to kind of give them the training to learn how to stretch themselves out. Like you say, some might be quarterly, some might be almost a, a year long. Is, is that what you're saying?
0: That's what I'm saying. Uh, we also utilize, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with EOS, The entrepreneur operating system, and that gives it a framework where, quote unquote, everyone within the organization needs to have a, as they term it, a rock, you know, or a project. And thus, everyone in the organization, we're starting to develop, you know, what they're working. And as they work through it, our department heads, our leadership team is developing them, not only coaching, but mentoring them, you know, and seeing, you know, really stretching them and see how much more, you know, they can go. But first and foremost, you know, as they do their job, they have to master it. And then as they master those skills, we need to help them continue to learn and, 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 you know, add really to their abilities.
1: Well, tell me a little bit more about this EOS.
0: EOS uh, was developed by Gino Wickman, and it is the Entrepreneur Operating System.
1: See, we go for live fire around here, Bill. You might yeah, have thought you're, you're, we had all these questions laid out. No, 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 no. <laughs> I flip it around. We're going get, uh, get to get to the man. bottom of this. Uh,
0: I've, I, you know, you're know, you going to get someone who's uh, drinking from the Kool-Aid and, and you know can sell this. So this could be an infomercial. EOS, it, it stands for the Entrepreneur Operating System. Uh, it was developed by Gino Wickman. And the purpose is, is to get into smaller businesses and – really manage out, get the entrepreneur out of the organization.
1: Wait, get the entrepreneur out of the organization? Out of the
0: organization. And what they do is they develop a system and a process of how to hold meetings, of developing not an org chart but accountability chart. Everything that is common sense that entrepreneurs are doing, they build a system now that can hold the entire organization accountable as well as – Unify it around a vision. And it's a way you communicate up and down the organization that now really embeds itself and threads itself all the way for, for us from our um, dishwashers all the way through our director levels. So everyone starts utilizing this and they know uh, what it is. It's, you know, you, you get it. You want it, are you capable, but everyone knows what they're accountable for, and so everything is measured based upon scorecards and how we're achieving those results and where we 're going in the future.
1: You have been holding out on this fantastic information from me. <laughs> Here, I thought we were going to talk about how to go from tacticals to strategic. You've taken this to a whole other level. You have a platform a system in place that enables your your company to flourish in this style, which then you can go back and, you know, force people into these longer-term projects. Because I couldn't figure out how, to, how does an organization do that. You have to be so well-organized to handle something like this. And I think I've just uncovered what are your secrets. You're using the EOS.
0: Well, you have to be organized, but also we were – Involved, You know, to your initial question is, you know, how do you develop your team members to be more strategic? You know, we've always had a process. You know, every organization uh, should have a process. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. But if you're working from a process, then you have a place to start. And thus as we matured and developed, we were looking for something that would be hold us more accountable. And this is what we discovered. But we were holding meetings weekly uh in terms of mentoring and coaching. You know, we each of us, you know, I was doing one to ones once a month, more than check ins. It's really about again, you use that term servant leadership, talking to the individual, you know, how can I help you? What challenges are you having? etc, cetera, et cetera, you know, a coaching style, and then you move it more to a mentoring. This then came about where we were able to do what I've been doing and the leadership is doing, but then even spread it further. And that's what EOS has allowed us to do. What
1: well, you've just blown my mind. This is, <laughs> this is such, I mean, this is literally what businesses need to advance. Now I've been involved for the past eight or nine weeks in a servant leadership class And for those people who don't understand servant leadership, you take the traditional hierarchy of a pyramid and you turn it upside down and it becomes a V and you serve the people that actually report to you. So you kind of flip this whole model on its head, right? You don't push down, you, you support. And that sounds like the coaching that you were talking about. Yeah, because it's not about you.
0: You know, how do I make you more successful? And ultimately if you're more successful, you know campus cooks would be more successful, uh, and and I'm here when we say coach is to obviously help you process individual issues, you know work you th- work through, you know s- some of the things that that isn't just you know blocking and tackling and A to B. Uh, eventually, that coaching you know, in terms of processing issue, we want to move to a mentorship. And by mentoring is now a bigger thing. It's a bigger philosophical thing. You start involving more, you know, a little bit more personal stuff and, and get to you where you want to be. And it may not be always, you know, it may not be with campus cooks. It, you know, your dreams are going to be different for someone else's. But if we can be a part of it and help you get there, you are, again, adding tremendous value, you know, to our organization, but, but ultimately, you know, to me as well, because I'm going to learn from you. And that's what I get my juice from is through that mentorship. So I'm glad you're taking this, you know, an eight-week course about it. And what EOS does as well is it flattens is and it's all about accountability. So I, I like those directions that people go to.
1: Yeah, this is a, a really a, a surprising and unexpected turn here, but I think for the better because it adds, an, it adds the support underneath this topic of how do you go from tactical to strategic because we're talking about an overall support system that is encouraging and allowing and tracking and supporting people to get to that level of thinking ahead and being self-governed. And I think as you put it, um, how long can they operate without direct support? So I I do have another question about the mentoring because this topic does come up quite a bit on the podcast. Do you assign people mentors internally or is it more of a, you know, I'm the CEO, so of course my executive team, I mentor. I mean, how do you guys internally kind of sort that out? That's an excellent question.
0: Uh, What we're trying to stretch our leadership team is to become more mentors and, and, less, I don't want to say less coaches, but add it to it. You know, we have monthly check-ins where everyone starts in a check-in. If you're from, if other people have been trained when they come into our organization is they give you a, a report out. Here's what I'm doing. You know, here's the status of this. Here's where this is headed. And to us, that check-in is not a report uh, to me. You know, that, Check-ins for for you to to utilize my time, whether it be a half hour, an hour, hour and a half, to work through issues and process all these reports and check-ins. We want to get out of the way in a weekly meeting. We want to get that stuff out of the way in you know, quote unquote, that day-to-day communication. That once-a-month check-in is really uh, uh, you know helping you grow and making sure that. That any hurdles or any challenges you're facing that I can help take those away. So your, your question is getting back to as, as we're going through the organization, we're trying to drive it down from the leadership team to our district managers and ultimately all the way down to our chefs who can, you know, coach and mentor, uh, you know,
1: dishwashers who want to move up within the organization. Yeah, that's fascinating. So. A lot of these meetings, these kind of status, these kind of check-ins, I do think the mentality is I have to give a status report to my boss. And you're saying, no, 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 that's not what this is about. This is for you to become organized so you know what has to be done so you can stay on track and you can ask us, you can ask me if you have questions, problems. You're going to another level. You're saying, okay, let's get that done. Let's get it out of the way. And now let's use this time more productively, higher value, of that time slot with me, and have them turn that into more of a mentoring position to help them stretch and achieve what they want to achieve personally and professionally. Is that is that what you're saying?
0: Boy, you say it a lot better than I am. Uh, you know, I should start interviewing you for this podcast. <laughs> uh, you summarized it quite well. Yes.
1: Okay. That that's good. So
0: another thing you asked before that you know part of our organization, and what we do. As a coach, as a mentor, we want to encourage you to make mistakes. You know, we want you to learn from the mistakes. I, I can't help you grow if you make a mistake and all I do is quote unquote punish you. You know, I, I'm an entrepreneur and if I haven't blown up the business by now, then I don't really see anything that you could do that could effectively bring it to its
1: knees. So. You've been trying for 20 years to destroy the business. Yeah, I've been trying every
0: day. I'm trying every day. I mean, who knows what I'm going to say on a podcast that, you know, could come back.
1: (laughs) No, but seriously, so how do you give people the permission to fail?
0: You know, you can't obviously, uh, you know, we have protocols in place. Thus, it stops uh, finance from wiring, you know, $5 million. But let's just say, you know, they make a mistake, uh, a chef. You know, a chef's not going to be fired for burning, um, the dinner, you know, let's say he burns the dinner and he puts it out and he gets poor reviews. You know, we're going to coach him and say, Hey, I get it. You have to provide dinner. The product you put out obviously isn't up to your standards. You put it out because you felt you had to get it out because you owed them dinner. Well, you know what? Next time, don't put it out. Own the mistake and say, you know what? Tonight's chicken is super dry. I got caught up in something, or the cookies I promised you, I burnt to a crisp, I'll make it up tomorrow. You know, that's, that's you know, one example of, yeah, it's a, it's a small thing, but it could, you know, it's a big thing to a chef. So, thus, when you ask, you know, what's big or small, we want to learn from it. Uh, you know, sales reps, you know, they have different techniques, different strategies, you know, different ways to close things. And, and, you know, it is an essay price based. And if something didn't go on, didn't go right, you know, you hope they learn uh, for the next sale, you know, and the worst thing you can do is let someone go, you know, on your dime that they made the mistake. So someone else can reap the rewards because they learn from me and then they go somewhere else and they go, you know, I made that mistake before. I won't do it again. You let them go or you punish them. And then they make you know, someone else. You know, they add value to that organization. So we want to keep people, keep them learning,
1: allow them to, to make errors. You just brought up a point, and I had this conversation earlier with uh, Tessa Stetzer. So I don't, Tessa, if you're listening to this, I'm giving you credit. She said vulnerability is power, and what I just heard you say is that if that chef can be that vulnerable and say I made a mistake you suddenly have diffused that entire situation. And that is a, that's very powerful to own it, become accountable. And if you can bake that in, no pun intended, to your culture, then really you can move people forward. Help me understand though, a little bit more though, about this stretching people, because that was our original thought, our our original topic.
0: You know, when you look at that, You know, can they do it? That's where you're giving them projects. And again, to stretch them, you're going to have an idea within your organization, the impact of these projects and the time involved. You know, if you're building a house, you know, I think the analogy is, you know, how many nails can you hit in the day versus someone who lays the foundation for, you know, a a community of of homes, you know, And, and is it the installer or the window guy or, you know, who's really doing, you know, everything underground? Uh, in terms of all the, you know, plumbing, et cetera, et cetera. That's when we talk about stretching and that span. You know, how far can you work without direct supervision is really what's going to add value to you. You know, if you have to oversee them constantly, that takes time. If they're able to work on their own and deliver quality work, you know, that builds trust
1: and you can continue to to push them. When I first thought of the the topic, I was thinking. How do you think one, two, three years out strategically about the business? That takes a lot of confidence and courage, I think, to go to your boss and tell them, hey, I'm looking out two, three years or not even that far, and I see a problem.
0: That's part of their development, and that is part of what the the mentoring allows. And If I go back and refer to what we spoke about earlier, EOS, part of EOS is a vision traction. Tool. And what that does is you lay out the, the vision uh, really three years out, 10 years out of where you want to go. And within that, you're laying out each quarter projects, quote-unquote rocks you're working to do. Now, as you communicate that within the organization, you're – I don't want to say in a hope and a prayer because you are working through with everyone – you're starting to get people in this mindset of okay a year from now we've put this on the board and we want to be here you know how are we going to get there and what part of that can i play to get us there and so when everyone starts seeing these the various projects that they're that the the total company's working for or towards everyone can play a part and jump in um hopefully that Summarize it a lot better.
1: So tell us about some of these rocks that you and the company are currently working on.
0: Sure, we have several initiatives. Uh, one of which is we're finalizing a rollout for disposables. Uh, we want to move away from foam products, so we want to utilize you know, eco-friendly. And you know, that is obviously you know, a, a company rock, but so much is involved uh, through procurement, working on a rebranding, uh, and a, and a rollout, you know, that's going to evolve again. Sales and marketing heads it up, but you're going to have operations and HR, uh, you know how do they play key roles in the communication? You know, how do they now come up with new swag for employees? What's this now look like uh, for our units within campus cooks and fraternity sororities of different market material that we post? Uh, You know, those are all examples of projects. Uh, The third one, you know, we're switching to is obviously uh, as we look to the future, one, two, three years out is succession planning and accountability chart. You know, what, new positions we'll be hiring, kind of frameworking when we'll be hiring. Those are all taking account of individual department needs, of kind of what they're seeing. So all this gets communicated, and then we're involving the entire organization within these initiatives, meaning the leadership team owns them. But people within these departments have pieces of it because we want to delegate parts of it you know, to our team members. So hopefully that gives you three examples of what we do at Campus Cooks with some of these initiatives ranging from, again, something direct from an operational, something more visionary in terms of an accountability chart, and then as something as a whole rebranding, which affects sales and marketing.
1: Yeah, the rebranding is is interesting. So for people who aren't very familiar with, with Campus Cooks, tell us a little bit about this business.
0: Sure, sure. Everyone's always intrigued. Uh, Campus Cooks is a food service management company for fraternities and sororities. Uh, we uh, came up with the idea, quote unquote. Uh, I attended uh, Northwestern University. I am a Phi Psi. I was there and worked my way up through the kitchen. You know, you initially start doing pots and pans, and then eventually, you know, as students, you you run the kitchen. Through our through my four years, we went through three. Cooks, um, theft issues, attendance issues, and unfortunately, the last one uh, had to leave due to a pre existing health condition. Uh, at that point in time, I had worked for a catering company over the summer, connected with them, and went to him with our problem A, we want healthier food, B, we want more of it, and C, you know, we don't want to spend any more money. He looked at our budget saw waste and said this is a great idea. So he started catering direct to my chapter FISAI. I graduated. I went on and traded for um, a number of years in New York and Chicago on the floor. He grew that from catering, meaning dropping it off uh, to one chapter house to doing eight to 10 at Northwestern, but now putting in on-site chefs. So in effect, managing the kitchen operations, because as students and alumni, obviously dealing with employees is is a bit of a headache. Making sure you're getting quality food, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, went back and then connected with Carl back in 2003, and uh, I was uh, done trading. Second time, uh, last guy in, first guy out situation and bought the business. And we grew it from that point in 2003 from Northwestern to about 45 campuses, 25 states where, where we're at today.
1: That's interesting. So you started as a, a cook, a bottle, I mean, a, uh, a dishwasher.
0: <laughs> dishwasher, grease traps, which you never want to do. Uh, it's pretty nasty stuff, uh, to then managing, you know, the kitchen operations, which affects some of the budget, but also really taking feedback from my brothers and giving it back to the, uh, cooks slash chef on, on meal prep.
1: Tell us what are the trends that you're seeing right now in food service as it relates to, to campuses with all the crazy things that have been going on in the world? What do you see? What's, what's happening? What do you think people can expect?
0: Well, first and foremost, when you deal with COVID, you had a lot of protocols in place, uh, infections, disease protocols. Uh, For campus cooks, it wasn't a big change because we already have those playbooks. Uh, One of the first things you talk about trends was just how it was served. You know, everything had to be single-served, boxed items. Uh, We were talking snacks, putting in snack bags, et cetera, et cetera, just due to COVID. Uh, As As we're seeing now trends in food, You know, everything really is customized, you know, more on demand. You know, what has happened in this shift is you can go ahead and get Uber Eats and pick from, you know, 10 to 12 restaurants in your area and really customize, you know, the entire entree. Thus, what we have to do is everything has to be, once we return in the fall, a course and under guidance from the local health departments is ensure that we have all these options out on the food lines, uh, but almost break down the meal, segmentize the meal, where you can pick and choose if you want red onions or white onions or avocado, you know, within these meals. You know, that's one of the trends. It's, it's, of course, it's always healthy. It's always on demand, customized. Uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things we've seen.
1: Well, I think you've really opened up our eyes to some different techniques here in terms of stretching people, and I know I'm going to, and I think other people are going to go do a little more research about this EOS. I think that is a uh, – we probably could have had a a whole separate session just on, on that and how you implemented it.
0: A lot of organizations are already doing it. It just now gives you the structure, uh, the verbiage, Uh you know, that that you can execute it. Um, That's what I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, before we go, this is also a good platform if you have any key positions open anywhere in the country, if you would like people to connect with you or, you know, send resumes into your HR department. Are there any particular needs right now you'd like to just uh, put out there? Maybe someone's heard this and they they really like the sound of this culture.
0: We post positions nationwide uh, for chefs uh you know we do cook on site uh, as i said 25 states we also have uh we'll be opening up positions i think we have one currently available uh for it you know one of the, and the reason is uh, a nice story our uh vp who effectively runs the day to day operations and and coordinates the leadership team started out as a sous, a sous chef and joe moved from a sous chef to a head chef then to an account manager, then into our technology seat, you know, that just gives you an example of with our organization, our growth mindset, we want to continue to move you and it may not be the right spot at the right time, but as long as we keep working together and find something you really love, you know, we're going to continue to move you up. So he's literally, I think employee number six, and now he's effectively running the day-to-day operations. Um, so that's a nice story. Well, the other thing you got to keep in mind is everyone talks about development and mentorship. And yes, you want success. And yes, you, you wanted to have, like, you know, you're the Joe Nelson of, of your company. Boy, I'm going to tag that. Uh, you also have to recognize that by giving ongoing feedback and communicating two way, not everyone wants to go to the next level. At some point, they may not have the desire nor the capacity, but it isn't a surprise. I mean, the last thing you want to do is surprise an individual and be like, you know what? This ain't going to work. You know, you're working together. You're finding out what, what they like to do, where they want to go professionally and personally. And then, you know, at some point, you're going, okay, I don't, you know, this is kind of where I see you going unless you really change, you know, these behaviors or you really learn this. Or they may come to you and be like, you know what? I'm really happy. This fits for me. Okay. It doesn't mean that they're not a valued member of your organization.
1: Why force them up another level? Frankly, you might lose them as an employee.
0: Right. You don't want to lose them. And that's, you know, when you're, and you just brought up personally, professionally, you know, as you work with them and you're kind of looking for indications and milestones, you know, one of them, you want to make sure they continue to grow personally professionally. So you can continue that relationship going, you know, and and you're working with them. They can still ask, you know, you want that person that, that team member to ask for and take on challenges. You know, those are the people that, you know, you want to keep investing, you know, time in, you want to keep communicating with, you know, you're also coaching them because they're taking, you know, a mindset where it's not from, from their point of view, they're starting to look at it from the client or another team member's perspective. You know, once they start looking really outside and take everything in, they're really bringing a lot of value. And lastly, as we talked about, they're, if they're willing to make mistakes and then apply it to the next one, you know, that that's huge for me. I mean, I traded for a living. I can tell you, I made a lot of bad trades. You know, and so that's you know a key for me is you know make the mistakes, learn, grow from them, and move on.
1: Well, you must have made a few good trades. You turned around and bought a company and you haven't broken it yet. So you did something <laughs> right as a trader. Yeah, the pandemic tried. Uh, and I'm very
0: thankful, you know, as we finish this up, you know, everyone's, you know, we're moving on. Everything's moving forward. But uh, I do think having, you know, that vision and, and the key to that culture with the organization is, you know, really you know, what you lean upon when times are tough. And, you know, we we stuck together and stuck to our values, you know, with our clients, with our employees. You know, that's why we're looking forward to the fall, you know, feeding more uh, fraternity sorority members as things get more uh, normalized.
1: Well, from from your mouth to God's ears, we all want to get back to quote unquote normal. Bill, thank you so much. This has been uh, just a great episode. Thank you so much, Bill.
0: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. is quite an honor. Thank you.